0: Good
1: morning and thank you for joining us. One of my favorite writers is Malcolm Gladwell. He is famous for his book, The Tipping Point, among others. Recently, I heard him tell a story of how in the 1970s, Pepsi hired the famous marketing expert Howard Moskowitz to help them make the perfect Pepsi. So Moskowitz assumed that he'd mix up different levels of sweetness, do some taste tests and find the recipe to perfect Pepsi. But he was shocked by what he discovered. It turned out some people like Pepsi really sweet. Some don't like it sweet at all. But the distribution wasn't a perfect bell curve, like with this sweet spot somewhere in the middle, so to speak. Now Moscowitz came back to Pepsi and said, we've been operating under this paradigm that there's a perfect Pepsi out there. But there isn't. There are only perfect Pepsi's. It all depends on the person. And so he recommended a wide variety of recipes. Well, Pepsi didn't like that idea. In fact, no one else in the food industry did either. But Howard Moskowitz was obsessed with this idea. And then finally, about 10 years later, someone listened. Prego came to Moskowitz in the 80s and said, ragu is killing us. Can you fix this? So he studied their sauce, he experimented with it, did taste tests, changed it again and again, and he discovered that Americans fall into one of three categories, and I bet you do too. When it comes to spaghetti sauce, we're either plain, spicy, or chunky. Now up to this point, all the spaghetti sauces in the grocery stores only varied slightly, just one brand to the other. But Howard Muscovitz claimed there is no perfect spaghetti sauce. There are only perfect spaghetti sauces. And so, Prego reinvented the way that they made sauces and provided a variety of recipes in these three categories and completely dominated the spaghetti sauce industry. And in the 1980s, they made $600 million in profit on chunky spaghetti sauce Alone. A lot of that was for me, I think. There is no perfect spaghetti sauce, only perfect spaghetti sauces. Now, last week we talked about how Easter can begin to change our lives right here and right now, like in how we live our real everyday lives when we trust in its goodness for us. The reality that our eternal future is personal wonderful, and certain. Trusting in that can dramatically begin to change how we live today. And we also discovered once again that Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. He came to end them. The kind of religion that Jesus came to end says there's only one perfect way. There's one recipe for how we respond to God. But When we look at the life of Jesus and how he helped people to find and form faith in the grace of God, it's clear that he didn't think of a religion like Pepsi. He viewed it a lot more like Prego. There are many different ways that we can connect with the grace of God, made possible and real by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And this morning, I'd like to invite us to consider the ingredients in our own recipe you see religion says that the problem of life is this god doesn't love us so here is what you must do in order to get god to love you and it has to be this way this one right exact way and by the way our religion has it right our flavor is the only one but jesus showed up with this gospel of grace. God's undeserved love, acceptance, and forgiveness and said, actually, there's nothing you can do to get God to love you because God already loves you. So the issue in life, according to Jesus, is not what must we do to get God to love us, but rather, what can we do to allow ourselves to be loved by God and to love God and to love others? Here's the thing. Jesus and his way of grace is not based on our performance, morality, or even our goodness. It's based on God's. It's not something we can earn or achieve. Still, it is something that we have to pay attention to and be intentional about. Jesus put it like this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Oh, I love that so much. The rhythms of grace. So this morning, our question is, how are you learning how to love? Who are you with? What are you doing when you remember or realize, when you celebrate and share the grace of God? What are the ingredients in your recipe? What are your rhythms of grace? You see, what we see in the life of Jesus is he knew how to help people find and form faith in the grace of God, and he led his followers into a variety of of ways to connect with and to conduct the grace of God. This is not Pepsi. This is Prego. One writer studied the life of Jesus and categorized his intentional ways, the things he did himself and led his followers to do for the purposes of transformation. He summed them up like this. Rhythms of communion. Solitude, silence, fasting, generosity, sacrifice, study, Worship, celebration, service, prayer, community, guidance, confession, and submission. These practices are only religious in the bad sense if we're doing them in order to get God to love us. But when we do them in order to cultivate our heart, to help us to love God and love loving others, they become the unforced rhythms of grace. And it's important to note that even our growth is a gift of grace. Our transformation is a gift of grace. My friend Brian explained it to me like this one time. A farmer can't actually grow a fruit tree. All he can do is provide the right conditions. He cultivates the ground, he plants and waters the seed, and then the earth takes over and up comes the tree. And the same goes with these intentional ways of living. They can put us in a place where we can be cultivated, where we see Jesus more clearly and God can work within us to transform us, to bloom into someone who is on his side, who loves him, who loves being loved by God and who loves to love others. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list. These are just some of the more common ingredients in the sauce, if you will. There are countless ways that we connect with and conduct the grace of God. And so many secret ingredients. So this morning we thought it might be helpful to try and get a little more specific about what it might look like to discover our own recipe by asking some storyliners about theirs. Now one last thing I'd like to say about these ingredients or rhythms. Some require intention. That is, we have to stop what we normally do and do something else, do something new, do something different, or stop doing anything at all. But some of the rhythms of grace require attention. That is, they're not about doing something new or different. They're about framing something that we do all the time in a new way, in a way that helps us to experience, enjoy, embody, and extend the grace of God. I think you'll hear both intention and attention in these personal recipes.
0: Hey Storyline, Uh, my name is Michael Brooks. I am a writer and a musician. Um, I make music under the name M. Brooks. And uh, the question is how do I connect with God through writing and um, creativity? I think one of the most basic things to understand on that is that we are made in the image of a creative God uh, and that the act of creating is to partner with the same spirit that made the world. Um, When the first time that I can find that the Holy Spirit falls on somebody in the Bible, it is for the purpose of creating. I think it's in like Exodus, probably 31 or something. Um, There are these two guys and God gives them, uh, it says he pours out his Holy Spirit so that they can create the different things Uh, that Moses needs for the tabernacle, all the different art in there. Uh, And so what that shows me is that God is really interested in um, the process of us creating. Uh, There's an artist named Makoto Fujimura um, and he's written a couple books, Art and Faith, as well as um, a book called Culture Care. Uh, Fujimura is an artist and um, he argues in, in the book that I just held up that making is a form of knowing. Um, that sometimes we don't always have a theological answer for everything, um, and making is almost a way to explore the questions that we have with God. Uh, And so for me, with my writing and my music, a lot of times what I'm doing uh, with stories and with songs is simply making in a direction where I have questions. Um, And it doesn't mean I, I obtain all these nice theological answers, but. Uh, What it means is I get to sit in that space between the dignity and depravity of the human experience um, and kind of meet God in that point uh, and understand a little bit of his heart. Um, And I'll be honest, I feel most alive when I am in the process of uh, making something. Even if I don't have resolute answers um, for what I'm doing, there seems to be something holy about posing a question. Um, through songs, through stories. Um, And that is kind of the heart of this new project that I I just released. It's called Art from Darkness. Um, And Art from Darkness, the idea is that God takes kind of the dark, broken things in our life, uh, and he has the ability to make something beautiful out of them. And so um, these songs explore different spaces and places in my life where I've personally felt overwhelmed um, or broken, um, but also spaces where I've seen God move into that space and make something beautiful out of it. Um, And so for me, even the act of, of writing about that stuff and creating from that place is allowing a creative, like God's creative energy, his Holy Spirit, into a place that feels broken Um, And there's a new creation that comes out of that. And so uh, in in that sense, the singing, the writing, um, the songs, and the stories, if you can create from a place of your brokenness, and I really believe that's the heart of God, to create from a place where humans are broken. um, I think when I do that, um, the act of making something beautiful is an act of defying what's wrong and broken, In my life and in our society and um, so that's the heart behind the project and and the heart behind a lot of what I do is how do I bring God's love and his his creative energy into um, places that feel broken
2: Song just sang from my shoulder, imbued the faith I could fly, and him so lovely stole the sky in a nest made of cushions. Eclipsed by skin Silence the earth. out of the night. For words and consternation, it feeds no birds.
3: Esther Bard and I have been coming to Storyline for about nine years now, and um, I don't exactly know why we came to Storyline. I was a bit too young to remember that, but um, I did know that we attended Storyline Storyline alongside um, another church, attending another church, and this church. I guess you could say it's a bit more traditional um filled with traditional people, and like they only sing worship music and preach directly from the Bible. now I'm not saying anything about that is bad or wrong because it isn't um, it is just it's just a lot different from storyline and <laughs> I can remember being at that church and seeing these people uh, singing this worship music and it's always the typical, their hands are raised in the air and their eyes are closed and they're just um, swaying back and forth, just singing their hearts out. And this kind of made me feel like the odd man out. Um, like, I, I just didn't get it. I I hear all these people flourishing in their faith, and I'm not. Um, like, I must be the one doing something wrong. Like, why am I not feeling this movement, or stirring, if you will, or connection to God? But there is a way that I feel a connection to God. and um, it, It's not... Uh, singing hymnals or taking communion and it may be seen as a bit more atypical or not as normal and it's Samuel. Now Samuel is my nephew, my sister's son, and he is the best thing that has ever happened to me. the love I have for him is insurmountable and I can remember during the time of his birth I was taking a sign language course and so I was like super into the um the alphabet and I was using it every day practicing it in my day-to-day life just spelling out words random words and things like that and um I can remember, uh, when I held Samuel for the first time right after he was born, uh, I knew I wanted to establish this bond with him. So what I did was I I spelled out the words, I love you, in sign language. And with every letter, he would grab my hands, trying to figure out the shape that my hands were in. And I just thought that was a really cool way of of bonding uh, with him. Um, But at the time, I I did believe what I said then, but I don't think I fully understood the strength of what I said. Um, I didn't fully comprehend the power of the love I had for Samuel, because the feeling that I got when I held him for the first time was so much different than what I had ever experienced, Um, but now I can look back and see that that was a connection with God. That was a direct communication with God. Um, Mike Gathright once told me that um, God shows his love for me through my love for Samuel, and that I'm loving God through loving Samuel. And so the connection I have with God is love, and loving things on this earth, and, um, it's because I can, I feel like I can see God in Samuel's smiles, and I can hear God in his laughs, and I can feel God in the swell of love that I have in my chest whenever I feel Sam- whenever I see Samuel. And it really is just all love. That is the communication. That is the connection I have with God. And that is the rhythm of grace and though it's not closing my eyes when i sing or coming to church every week or reciting scripture perfectly from memory i do believe that the love i have for samuel is perfect in its own way um, because it's established that connection with god And now I can have that through my love for Samuel. Thank you and have a wonderful morning.
4: Good morning. My name is Grandmaster Smith and I operate and run Ready Taekwondo Academy, which most of you are aware of. I've been with Storyline here for probably the last 10 plus years. It's been a very moving experience. Uh, I must say that in times of trouble, I could always depend on the church to come through and assist me in my operations. Of course, with this COVID situation, everyone is aware that Black people have gone through a very, very trying time. We're at a position where we're at a crossroad. And all of us, especially those of us that have businesses, must make a decision in terms of the direction we're gonna go. Well, I had already decided prior to COVID that the operation that I ran was going to be an operation that was gonna be conducive for all people. So I look at this as an opportunity, an opportunity that I'm able to really use my facility to show the precepts in which Christ wants us to try and heal this whole situation. I refuse to be angry. I refuse to uh, accept uh, defeat. I refuse to be a product of hatefulness. Uh, Instead, what I choose to do is to create a place in which there can be more healing between the races. Uh, Anyone that has ever stepped into uh, Ready Taekwondo can see that right away. Uh, so I admonish all of you to help support the cause, uh, uh, that we can actually heal the problems of this society, especially our immediate community. Uh, and I, I, I ask that you, along with, with, with uh, our church uh, and everyone that's interested in going down a road of healing and trying to meet each other the way Christ wanted us to. The last thing I'll say, um, for those of us that are uh, so concerned about what tribe we're involved in or trying to indicate that one tribe is better than the other, I would like to refer you to uh, a Bible verse, which I'd like to read it, actually. If uh, you'll go to the book of Galatians, the fourth, third chapter, um, and the 26th verse to the, the end of that chapter, and it reads, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there is no Democrat or Republican or any particular group that supersedes over another group as far as Christ is concerned. If you are professing to be a Christian, then we're all one uh, as that scripture indicated. So get out of your comfort zones and let's get into the fight and let's fight for the peace and the welfare of our community. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for sharing this morning and for all the Storyliners who, who contributed. We are so thankful. I want you to stay tuned after we close this morning because we'll have information on how to connect with a few of the people that shared this morning um, to get to know them better or to uh, get in touch with them later if that's something you'd like to do. Our hope is that their examples give us all some ideas and inspirations for some rhythms of grace, for some things that we can incorporate into our lives, whether they require our intention or attention. God is always present and always working. Our role is to let him have his way with us, in us, and through us. There's a huge difference between Jesus's way of grace and religion. Religion is telling us there is something that we have to do, like one perfect way, the perfect sauce, and we have to have that to get God to love us. But Jesus is inviting us to lose that religion, that way of thinking and living and seeing God. He's inviting us into the rhythms of grace, our own recipe for tasting and seeing that God is good and he already loves us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be together, even online like this, to consider who you are and how you love us. I pray that you would help us to see all of the unique ways that we see and experience you. Help us to be more intentional. Help us to pay attention more to all the ways that your grace flows in our lives, around our lives, and for all the ways that you would like for it to flow through our lives and into the world. Thank you so much that there is no one perfect way, but that you made us to reflect you perfectly in just the way that we are. God, I pray that as we log off this morning, you would help us to grow and remain open, alert, expectant, and dependent on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much, folks.